Yeah, thanks so much. We've been asked by Chris and Tor and Matt and the team to um, just speak about healing today. We, um, we've been in Bethel for nine months over the last year, learned a lot about healing and um, what God's doing in us and what God's doing in the church for healing. And before we start, I wanted to, um, felt in my spirit to share a little bit about what's going on this morning and a lot about what we've been speaking about and what we've been seeing about is the victory of the cross, the fact that Jesus has already won, the fact that we lay our weapons down, the war is over, that God's already won. And I just want to prophesy into this church, if you don't mind, just um, the victory of the cross, that as people walk in, come into freedom, that people would know the freedom of the cross, that chains would fall off, people would come in, just know the love of God. Uh, yeah, uh, God, we just thank you for your spirit here this morning. Thank you for the awesome time of worship. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you your spirit is here. Thank you that there's no striving, Father, we come boldly before your throne, boldly before your throne. Thank you, Jesus. You're so worthy, Father. You're so worthy. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done. Thank you for your victory. Thank you that we don't have to do anything. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I just also felt as well this morning when we were just having worship. Um, obviously, my mom and dad and my family are members of the church here, and so we hear lots about what's going on here and all the testimonies and everything that God's doing, and it's really exciting to hear about. Um, and one thing that I've just been really struck with um, is just kind of hearing stories of, you know, the difficulties that have been faced in this church, in this, in this church family, but also the amazing testimonies that have come out already. Mm. And one thing that um, God really taught us when we were over in Bethel is actually to, when instead of focusing on the negative of things that happen in situations, but to, to almost let that speak in to prophesy what, is, what the prophetic destiny is over that situation. And so I just really felt in worship, like I just wanted to prophesy over you guys that you are on the tipping point, I feel like a breakthrough, particularly in healing. I know that, Chris and Tor in particular, they're really, really hungry to see breakthrough in healing, and I think that's one of the reasons why they've asked us to come and share. And so I just really want to prophesy that over you guys, that as you kind of, you know, just hear what God has shared with us, um, but also what you guys have already invested in healing, like some of you guys are way beyond where we're at, um, and you can teach us so much, but um, yeah, so Father, we just pray, um, yeah, just open our eyes afresh today, open our hearts afresh today to what you're doing. Where there's been any disappointment or disillusionment with healing in the past, God, we just pray that you would just take it away. We just, we just lay it down at your feet, God, and we ask you just to come and speak afresh today. Amen. So, like Tim said, we've been at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry for nine months. Um, we came back in June, and we're heading back out there in September again for another year, which is really exciting. Um, so, why are we here? We're here just to talk about what God's done in us. Um, this isn't really about Bethel, per se. Obviously, we'll talk a lot about Bethel because that's where we've been. Um, but it isn't about Bethel. It's not about us or the amazing things that we've done. It's about Jesus and what he has done and what he wants to do here today and in Liverpool and in the UK and throughout the world. And so we do believe that every testimony that we share today, every story of the victory of Jesus is applicable here and now. And we can see it happen again, and we will see it happen again. So all we're here to do is just to increase your faith. Increase your faith to see the miraculous in our everyday lives. 
um, and to see the power of God at work. And really, one thing, the thing we learned the most in our first year at Bethel is that when we come to understand our identity in Christ, when we know that we are children of the living God, that we have the power of Jesus in us, and that want, and he wants to work through us, that manifests in our lives in lots of different ways. One of those ways is healing. So for us, kind of coming into BSSM, our story is, which we may get time to share, is kind of growing up in a church, but having a bit of disillusionment with healing, wouldn't really say we'd seen a lot of healing in our lives, prayed for a lot, not seen much breakthrough, and so kind of shutting off um, a lot of that kind of area in our lives, not really wanting to go there. And actually, as we just allow Jesus to come and speak to us about who we are, who he's called us to be, actually the healing then came to manifest out of just knowing who we were. So, um, again, like, if, you, if you're like us and you kind of feel like, oh, I don't really know how I feel about healing, it's a bit of a painful subject, um, I don't really know much about it, then just we just ask for you to just listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying, just like who has he called you to be as a son or daughter of the king. Um, yeah. And just an example of, of one of that, um, example of that, is when we were on mission trip in March, we went to San Francisco. And we had just been really learning a lot about who we are, what do we carry, letting... Um, of the Holy Spirit transform our mind and transform the way we're thinking, not that we go in, into things striving or into performance, that we don't have to pray for healing, we don't have to do this all the time to get God's love, he just loves us and we are who we are because of him. And um, so we're starting on this ministry trip and there's a lot of like excitement, you know, like we're going to see crazy miracles and it's going to be amazing. And we kind of finished the first day and we go back to our host home where we were staying and we were staying with the pastor's mother. Um, a lovely Guatemalan lady and we arrived really late and we were kind of just absolutely exhausted we'd been ministering all evening to the youth of the church and it had been really amazing but we were kind of a bit like switched off, it's bedtime now and so we got there said hi, nice to meet you went straight to bed and then in the middle of the night I woke myself up praying which is not normal for me at all so I don't know about anyone else um, but I woke myself up praying, and I was just praying peace. Um, and it was just literally just coming out of my spirit, and I really had no control over it. And I was just praying, God, I just release peace, I just release peace. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Um, well, I just say yes and amen to that, and then kind of just went back to sleep. A few days later, as we were leaving, um, Raina, who we were staying with, she um, came to speak to Tim and I, and she said, I just want you to know that... Um, for years, I've struggled with anxiety and stress, um, so much so that it's kind of manifested into a lot of pain in my shoulders and back, um, and it's just caused me problems for years and years and years. And after that first night that you stayed in my house, the pain completely left, and I've not had any stress or anxiety since. Um, which was just, we were just like, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> wow. So that was just like a really great testimony for us and so encouraging of just like actually us just believing who we are, letting the Holy Spirit transform our minds and renew our minds to know the truth um, of the power that we carry because of Jesus. Places will change, people will get healed, people will get set free wherever you go because that's how powerful it is when we know who we are. Um, so as we share testimonies today, we will share some more. Um, just expect God to move, expect to receive healing. Like, we'll talk a bit more about the power of the testimony, but 
Um, we went to a Randy Clark conference a few months ago, and one thing that we noticed from him is he did 80% testimonies, 20% teaching. And as he would share the testimonies, people would just be standing up all over the room saying, I've been healed, I've been healed. I, he didn't pray for anyone. We saw how many, like 500 people get healed without him even saying a single prayer. So just receive the testimonies that we're sharing with you. We're not just sharing them for a nice story to fill up time. We're sharing with, the, with you, them with you because we believe it's the power of God. Um, and we want you guys to receive that and get, get healing as we share. That's amazing. Thank you, Chris. Um, so we just wanted to share a little bit about what the Bible says about healing. Um, just a few points. And <clears throat> the first thing we kind of want to mention is that Jesus is our model for healing. Um, we look at Jesus to see what he, what he represented and everything that he represented was healing. He was healing. And um, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 4, 20, 23. It's only a couple of verses. Um, but it says, and he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his, fra- f- so his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought all, all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And um, in John 6:38, it says, Jesus came not to do his own will, do the will of the Father. He did only what he saw the Father do, and he represented the Father perfectly. And so if Jesus healed all diseases, he healed all sickness, and he only came to do the will of the Father and represented him perfectly, then it's only logical to conclude the will of the Father is always to heal. And these aren't just stories from a few verses in the Bible throughout the whole of the Gospel. It talks about the will of Jesus was always to heal. The story of the leper, the leper says to Jesus, if it is your will, then, then I will be healed. And Jesus says, it is my will that you will, that you will be healed. And he, um, what I love about the story of um, the woman who was bleeding is that she knew that she didn't have to speak to Jesus to be healed. She knew that he perfectly represented healing. Jesus was healing. And all she had to do was touch him to be healed. She, she didn't have to speak to him. But she was just completely healed, just in his presence. His presence is healing. He is healing. Yeah, so um, a testimony came, came out of this this year. Um, we, we, me and Karis, as part of uh, the school year, served in the healing rooms in Bethel. And we saw a lot of crazy healings. Um, Jesus did some amazing things. And, um, but this, this will of God to heal was a journey for me. It didn't come straight away. A lot of what, what I've been taught in the past is... If you pray for someone and they get healed, then it's the will of God. And if you pray for someone and they don't get healed, then it wasn't the will of God. And so you are so confused as to, well, does God actually want to heal everyone? Or is he, his, his, his will just here, there, and everywhere? But um, just learning that it is always God's will. And as Kara said, we were on mission one time. And um, we were just on the streets praying for people. And I saw a, la- a lady in a walker um, and she had ankle pain. She was, um, she could only walk about three or four blocks. And um, so I went over to pray for her and I said, oh, can I pray for you? So she said, yeah. And I said, oh, can I lay my hands on you? So I, I lay my hands on her and prayed for her. And, she, and so we use this um, level of, like, level of pain just to see where people are in terms of their pain level. She said she was at level 10 pain. And every day she just, yeah, she was in pain every day. And so... I said, oh, I'd love to pray for you. Jesus is going to heal you. So I, I lay my hand on her, and nothing happens the first time I pray. I'm like, this is a good start. Um, and I feel like the Spirit, 
yeah, I mean, side note here, what we learn a lot about what the Spirit is saying to us and not having a formula for prayer. And, and so I feel like the Spirit is saying, I want you to get into the pain. I want you to step into the pain. And so um, I say, well, do you mind if I lay my, my hand on your ankle? And so I, I kneel down, lay my hand on her ankle. And um, I say, okay, let's test the pain out. So we get her up on her feet. And she says, it's amazing. My, my level 10 has gone down to a level 5. So she's been, you know, half healed. And so I was like, no, I believe that Jesus wants to fully heal you. So I pray again, and she is completely healed of all her pain in her ankle. She walks off with her walker in hand and then turns around and gives me a big thumbs up as if to say, my leg has been completely healed. And in that moment, I mean, I'd seen, I'd seen tens of healings, a lot of healings over the year in the healing rooms. But for some reason, God was saying, this is the power that I have. It is always my will to heal um, and it, yeah, just incredible. Um, but what we're not saying, and as you probably all know, is that when we pray, not everyone gets healed when we pray for them. Um, and the reality is that we pray for a lot of people and they don't get healed instantly. But um, what we've learned is that we can't allow our experience of healing to di- dictate our theology of who God is. We allow the theology and the truth of God is. God is Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who heals that's the truth of God, who he is. So we align our experience up to what God is. And so even if people aren't getting healed around us, that doesn't change the truth that God is still healer and change the circumstance. And I guess one of the other bigger questions is, why don't, get, why don't people get healed? Um, why don't get people get healed? And it's um, a, a question that everyone struggles with. And I just want to read a passage from 1 Corinthians 13. For now we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I've been fully known. And we're on a journey here to discover what it is to know healing every time we pray for people. And yeah, we're on a journey. It's not we're not going to see him in full here until we see Christ in heaven. But it can't change our theology and our mindsets on who he is. Um, another story, um, I was in the healing room once and a woman came in with her husband and her family and um, her daughter was deaf in one ear and it gave her problems just um, with concentrating on um, speaking with her family or doing daily stuff. And we, we prayed for her. And the daughter didn't get healed. And the woman was just weeping. She didn't know what to do. And we sent them, we, I mean, we sent them off. We prayed for them, obviously. But they went away without a healing. And so then we have to deal with, okay, so God, what are you doing? But again, we sent them away with the truth that, of who God is. We didn't send them away with kind of pity that she didn't get healed. We sent them away encouraging them that, it doesn't always happen instantly and God is still doing something in her body and we focus on what God is doing and what he's not doing. Yeah, so Tim just shared kind of a few of the main points that for us in our journey have been significant. I mean, there's literally so much we could say about the theology of healing and, you know, we do apologize because I'm sure some of this will seem kind of bitty as well. But we would really recommend, um, if we've kind of sparked your interest and you're like, oh, 
I've not actually heard that before and I'd like to know more about it then we can recommend resources um, from where we've kind of got some of our information and stuff that we've learned this year um, but we do want to just focus a bit more on the practical now um, so firstly a few points that I realized and we realized that we had believing over the year been believing in the past and we now know the truth um, is that healing ministry is not reserved for the special anointed few okay so obviously we do believe that some people have anointings in certain areas we're not saying that that is not the case um, but what we are saying is that everyone is called to heal basically we all have the power of Jesus within us and so we're all called to release healing to people around us um, I believe the lie that I wasn't qualified to pray for healing um, and that I didn't have the anointing and I use the experiences from my life to allow me to make that decision and to disqualify myself from healing and basically that's because I prayed for people and they hadn't got healed so therefore I was like well I don't have the anointing it's not for me and so that means I don't have to step out and risk anything and pray for people ever um, because I'll send them to someone else who can actually help them um, which you know sounds quite extreme but obviously I didn't think that consciously I came to realize that actually I had been believing that lie um, but what Jesus revealed to me um, over the year is that no that's just not the truth he has empowered all of us with the Holy Spirit we all carry the resurrection and life of Jesus that's what the Bible says we are um, new creations our minds are being renewed um, and so there's no reason why each and every one of us shouldn't be able to go out um, pray for people and just release healing to people because we all have him within us um, in John uh, no Matthew 10 7 to 8 Jesus says as you go proclaim this message the kingdom of heaven has come near heal the sick raise the dead cleanse the leper drive out demons freely you have received and so freely give and in John 14 12 Jesus says very truly I tell you whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and that verse was very significant for me last year because basically what Jesus is saying is every time you read a story of Jesus in the Gospels, every healing that he performed is our right as children of God. Like we can do that. And he says, and even greater things will you do. And so either we have to believe that Jesus was telling the truth um, or we just believe a lie that, that he, oh, he mustn't have meant me. Um, because doesn't he know that I prayed for someone and they didn't get healed? Um, actually, there is just a sense of perseverance, and I know that is painful at times. Trust me, you know, we, we have our fair share of um, times in our lives when we've prayed desperately for people to be healed and they haven't. Um, but we mustn't be afraid of stepping out again um, and again and again. Um, Bill Johnson... Um, and a part of his story is that he had just a huge hunger to see healing. Um, just for years and years and years, it was just something that was stirring within, within him. And I can't remember exactly for how many years, but it was a long time. Um, he said he prayed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Every person he saw who needed praying, who needed healing, he would pray for healing for them. For years and years and years. And he says he saw next to no healings. And then one day, he saw one. And then he was like, well, that's my testimony. And then a few months down the line, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then two. 
and then three, and then four, and then now he runs a church now which is experiencing a, a crazy breakout of the supernatural and healing. And it's because of a man's determination to say, no, I believe who God is. I believe that he is the healer. And he has told me through his word that I carry that healing anointing. And so I'm going to keep on going. And I'm not going to let disappointment um, rob me from anything that God has for me and for the people around me. Um, Another kind of issue that we come up against um, was the issue of faith. How does faith affect healing? Some people will say, we have heard people say in the past and sometimes thought ourselves, well, if you're sick and you don't have faith, then you're not going to get healed, basically. Then we've heard the opposite. Oh, faith has nothing to do with it. It's fine. You'll get healed. No problem. And actually, I think it's, it's more complicated than that. Um, we've come to learn that actually when we do look through the Gospels, um, Jesus' approach on it varies too in some cases, and it is really variant on what situation he's in. And one thing um, we have definitely, definitely come to know is that there is no question if whether faith attracts the power of God. It definitely, definitely does. And that is throughout the scriptures. Um, Like Tim said, the woman um, who was bleeding, Jesus says, go, your faith has made you well. Um, So we can deduce from the gospels that yes, faith attracts the power of God. It attracts healing. When we have faith, it invites the presence of God. That is definitely, definitely true. Um, However, we do see as well in the scriptures, in particularly the story of the man um, with the boy with epilepsy, is that Jesus doesn't always, he he did rebuke weak faith at times with his disciples, but he didn't rebuke weak faith. Um, He always wanted to build faith as well. And so in this story, the man comes to Jesus and says, "Um, if you have pity on me, will you heal my son? And Jesus says, um, he goes on to say, everything is possible for you who believes. And what my revelation from that is, is that Jesus wasn't saying, oh, come on, like, don't you know that everything is possible for you who believes? I feel like Jesus is, all he's doing is he's taking this, this man whose faith is weak, he's taking what little he has, and he's speaking truth back into it. He's using the truth of who he is to raise his faith. And then instantly the man replies, I do believe. Help me, help me you know, have more faith. And I feel like that's something that we um, have learned this year is actually Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. He takes what little we have and he increases, that he is uh, abundant where we lack. And so we can't necessarily say, oh, you haven't been healed because you haven't had faith. It's just not that simple. Um, we can try to encourage a community, a church, church community to increase faith, and there's different ways we can do that, and that definitely does attract the power of God. Um, but it isn't, it isn't cut and dry, you know, where, oh, I'm lacking faith, so God isn't going to come and heal me. That's just not the truth. Um, we see in the Gospels that Lazarus didn't have faith to be healed because he was dead. Um, (laughs) And Jairus' daughter didn't have faith to be healed because she was also dead. So we can use these stories and think, well, no, they didn't have faith. Jesus still healed them anyway. Um, There were people in their lives around them who had enough faith to sustain their healing. And so that is also important, you know, 
if you are feeling like you're lacking faith, like you just don't, you just don't have it right now. You're in a season where you're like, I just don't know if I have enough faith. Surround yourself with people who do, because that is enough. Okay, power of the testimony. Yay. Okay, so in Revelation 19.10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That means that what Jesus has done once, um, he is willing and able to do it again. Testimonies are an invitation for us to see the same thing happen again in and through our lives. They are a reminder of what is possible for our lives and not a reminder of what we don't have or see. Um, One thing I have definitely been guilty of in my life is hearing testimonies and it totally bumming me out because I'm like, well, that's never going to happen to me. Or, oh, that's not fair. I've been praying for that for years and that's never happened to me. Oh, how discouraging. Um, And actually, no, like that is not at all how Jesus um, teaches us to look at testimonies. It actually is the prophetic. It's prophetic um, declaration of what we can have. And it should be exciting. Um, So when you hear a story of someone getting the healing that you've been praying for, whether it's a story of someone in your life who gets a financial breakthrough and you've been praying for years and years for that breakthrough, um, that should be encouraging to us because it's going God's nature to do the same again. He wants to do the same again, and so it should excite us. And so we need to feed um, on testimonies in our communities, in our small groups, in our families. Every opportunity, no matter how big or small, Um, We need to be willing to share it, even if it's a headache that you prayed for and it went away. It's still the power of Jesus. It's still worth celebrating. Um, So we need to take every opportunity to share what Jesus has done. It's got nothing to do with us anyway. It's all Jesus. um, And so we want to give him the glory. So practical tips for healing. Number one, there's no formula at all. So any formula that you've got in your head, get rid of it because it probably will just work different every time anyway. Um, We see Jesus himself um, perform miracles in many different ways. Some people he laid hands on, some people he spoke a word, some people he didn't say anything, and some people he spat in their eyes. So, you know, like, really there's no formula. And one thing we learned from healing rooms is to be creative and have fun. Um, The fruit of the Spirit is joy, so we're allowed to be joyful when we are praying for healing for people. Um, God likes us to get out of the box. He wants us to sometimes be a bit uncomfortable. Um, He's not afraid to put you in a situation where you've never danced in public in your life and you have to do a dance around someone and they get healed. I've been there. That was me last year. And someone did get healed because I prophetically danced over them. So just saying. Um, In healing rooms, I went in there with an idea of what I thought the formula should be. a really good prayer with lots of authority, <laughs> really serious, um, and it was exhausting, like absolutely exhausting. I come away every week just having to sleep for hours on end because I just couldn't keep up. I just couldn't do it. Mm. Um, and after a while, I just was like, God, I'm just turning up because I can't be bothered with this. So honestly, it's such a bad attitude, I know, but there you go. <laughs> There's grace. And um, so I'd turn up and just be like, God, I don't have the strength to do this. I don't, like, I feel like I've hardly seen any healings. And he was like, that's all right. I didn't ask you to do anything else. I only asked you to turn up, so that's fine. Um, and I just allowed both of us, you just allow God to come. Fill, fill me up, God, once again with your spirit. Fill me up with your joy. Fill me up with your peace. 
Um, I don't want to take on the burden of responsibility for other people's healing. Um, that's, that's for you, God. That's not for me to carry. Mm. Um, and there is no pressure on us. Um, Chris Gore, who runs the Healing Rooms, um, says, if you carry the burden where there is no healing, then you'll take the glory when there is. Um, and that is true. If we feel like we've done something to deserve yes. it, then we will take the glory. It'll be our testimony. It'll be, oh, I prayed for this person and I, it happened. Whereas actually when you get to a point where you realize, I literally did nothing. I remember this one time, I literally, one of my leaders asked me to pray for someone and I was just so tired by this point. I was just like, and then he was like, oh, it's healed. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that literally has nothing to do with me. Um, so that, that being encouragement to you as well, you don't have to have the right prayers. You don't have to um, take on any kind of performance or striving and um, be creative. This one lady I used to pray with at healing rooms, so crazy. She literally would like, someone would come towards our team to pray and she'd just fire imaginary arrows at them and they'd fall on the floor and then they'd be healed. I'd be like, I'd never seen so many people get healed and when I prayed on her team and she never once said a prayer, not, not once. Um, so yeah, that's a practical tip for you. Listen to the Holy Spirit. If he's asking you to do something crazy, as long as it's not going to like embarrass the person you're praying for, um, and as, obviously as long as it's appropriate, then um, <laughs> then go for it. You never know. Mm. Yeah, leading on from that as well. So um, one of the uh, as a Brit going into an American culture, it was re- it was it was a culture shock, and some of the stuff Karis is talking about. So the point here is stay thankful, and Americans know how to stay so positive and so thankful in the midst of crazy things and so one of the um in some of our training there one of the um kind of tips is a bit of a weak word but they would say um when people come in don't not acknowledge but don't take on what they've brought in in terms of their sickness or their what they've come to pray for but continue to stay thankful and continue to have god in your mind as god is much bigger than what people are coming in with and so, and th- this is where thankfulness really like stirs us up, but it also really helps the person that you're praying for. Because if we can stay thankful and stay focused that God is bigger than what they've come with, then it, it increases faith in them. Some people come in and they are so, they have no faith, no faith at all. And they come in expecting us to be very joyful, very thankful. And so I'm, and my point at the start was coming into an environment where it, it is so joyful. It is so thankful. It's not focused on what's coming in, but it's focused on the joy of the Lord. And honestly, it just lifts people's spirits and it gives people so much faith. So when you're praying for people, pray with thankfulness and that thankfulness will lead to increase. So um, oftentimes, so when I told that story before about um, praying for the lady and she went down to a five, we thank God that God was doing something in her and then that led to the increase of her being completely healed. So always stay thankful for what God is doing and don't focus on what he's not doing. Always focus on what he is doing. Um, So we have um, a few more testimonies to share just to raise a bit of faith um, in you guys. And so Karis is just going to share that story. Okay. So we just wanted to share um, the story of a lady called Marky. Um, Anyone who has been on our um, Facebook group this year will have heard this story. It's a good one. Um, It's not a story um, of us directly. Um, Our best friend, Jess, uh, she's South African, and she was in our year at school with us. Um, So 
she, um, similar age to us, came to Bethel in a very similar manner, kind of picked out of her very nice life and jumped in Reading by God. Um, she, an amazing, amazing woman, passionate heart for Jesus, um, healing, zero faith whatsoever. Um, she had grown up um, in a very difficult situation. Her mum had a stroke at the age of 40, which left her pretty much completely paralysed. Um, she s- describes herself as pretty much growing up without a mother. Um, and that led on to her kind of choosing a very scientific medical career path. She went on to be an occupational therapist, worked with many people who'd had strokes, autoimmune disorders. Um, and basically, this led to a lot of skepticism on her part for healing. Um, as you can imagine, she'd been praying for years for her mum to be healed, never seen anything. Um, and so she came to Bethel um, Giving, willing to give it a go, like definitely. She was on our healing rooms team with us um, and she is fiery. I don't know if anyone knows any South Africans, but they are absolutely fiery. Um, and she carried the presence of God like no one else I've ever met. But um, when it came to healing, she just, she would try and she would try and she would try and get nowhere. Um, and it'd be really frustrating with her. Every time anyone would share a testimony, she'd be like, medically... I think the reason behind this is and she'd always trying to discredit every testimony um, and that was just part of her journey and to be honest I was probably more on her level as well to be honest with you um, so it was really encouraging for me to see her journey but at Christmas um, her, wh- when we were at Healing Rooms in fact she got a phone call from her sister saying that her brother-in-law had been in a fatal motorcycle accident that he was on life support um, could she pray? So everything stopped. We all prayed. We all prayed for resurrection life. Um, It was a very painful time for her. Obviously, it was a very painful time for us. Mm. Having learned about the truth of who God is, it's always his will to heal. You pray for someone. Mm. Resurrection life. She went home. He passed away. Um, Christian, he was, in fact, coming to do BSSM next year. Um, Christian family all had a lot of faith for healing, and it didn't happen. Um, So she came back to school in January uh, after a month off. And she came with obviously a lot of disappointment, um, a lot of questions, a lot of anger at God. Um, Thankfully, we were in just such an amazing environment where people aren't afraid of your questions. They're not afraid that you're angry at God. Um, They want you just to be you and will come with you on the process. And at the Randy Clark conference... um, mid-session, I think it was like sound check or something, um, I was just chatting with her and um, all of a sudden, Bill Johnson walks past, touches her on the shoulder and she drops to the floor and then he walks off to get his dinner or something, I don't know. Um, And I'm left with Jess on the floor and she's screaming, like absolutely screaming and she's, I've never seen anything like it, she was bright red and she was so hot, it was like fire had just fallen on her and she's just screaming, and then she'd just start laughing, and then she'd start screaming, and then she'd laugh. And it happened for about an hour. And then after an hour, she kind of came back to normal. And um, I said, what happened? And she said, oh, it was the weirdest thing. I just saw all my questions and all my anger and all my doubts on a beach. 
and then the waves of God's presence just came and he just washed them all away. And she said he didn't answer them, he just took them. And I feel free, I feel totally free. And they were burdening me in a way I didn't realize. And now they're gone, I feel alive again. And that she literally changed from that day onwards as soon as she surrendered the questions and the doubts to him and said, I have to trust there's always going to be a level of unknown, but I trust that you are good. Um, she began to see greater breakthrough in her own life. She began to see greater breakthrough um, in healing and things at like healing rooms. But one story in particular, she was on a day trip out to um, a little town in Oregon. And she was sitting in a coffee shop. And this was probably three or four weeks before the end of the school year. And she's just sitting in this coffee shop and we have to read certain books for school. So she was reading her school book and she was reading about the story of a woman called Mariah Woodworth Etta, who was a healing evangelist about, um, I think about 100 years ago. And she read the story of um, this lady who came paralyzed in a wheelchair and Mariah hit her with a Bible and she stood up and was healed. Um, so she's like, oh, wow, that's weird. And then suddenly the presence of God just falls in the coffee shop. And she says, I've never felt like the heaviness like it, particularly in a public place. Um, and suddenly she looked up and a woman walked through the door in a wheelchair with her husband. And she's not this type of person at all. So she's like, I have to pray for her. Like, I have to. This is too coincidental. The presence of God was just so thick in the coffee shop. But she's like, I'm not going to do it now because it's quite a small coffee shop and I don't want to embarrass her, so I'm just going to wait. She's like, I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. Eventually they leave. She runs after them and says, I'm, I'm sorry to you know, bother you, but I'm from a student from the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry and I just believe in healing. I believe that Jesus wants to heal. Can I pray for you? And the woman and her husband look at her totally stunned um, and they say, we are leaders at a local church here. Um, the wife had been diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome five years before, had been um, paralyzed from the waist down ever since and very weak in her upper body. Um, they'd been praying and praying for healing for years and never seen any, if, if anything, any improvement. She had a relapse um, two years before and that had just basically knocked everything back to where it was again. They met in that coffee shop that day to discuss, um, basically to have a hard conversation, that their marriage was falling apart, um, that the relationship with her daughter um, was terrible. She couldn't do anything with her daughter. She couldn't hold her. She couldn't do anything. Um, and basically, what, what are they going to do? Because God obviously hasn't come through for us. So Jess says, well, I'm going to pray for you then. So she prays for her. Nothing happens. She prays again, and the woman says, oh, I have a bit of a weird feeling in the leg, but, and Jess is like, so Jess has dealt with lots of people with this condition in the past as an occupational therapist, and so it's not uncommon for sometimes there to be twinges where nerves and things were, and so she's like, I just don't think that's anything. So she's like, okay, well, can I prophesy over you? So she prophesies over them that the healing will come, that it will lead to revival in their city, and that actually their ministry would be birthed out of her healing. So she says, all right, I'm going to go now. Um, thank you for letting me pray for you. And I'll be praying for you in the future. And she goes to walk off and the husband says, 
can I just take your number, just in case? And she's like, okay, sure. So she gives him the number, and then she goes off. Her phone dies um, that day, of course, because it always does. And she went home and didn't really think anything of it for the rest of the day. So then she gets home that night, plugs in her phone. She gets a video message sent through to her phone. And we should have the video that she sent. So she got a text saying that this is this was five, five minutes, minutes later after Jess had prayed for her and she got off. And this is the woman here. Wow. So immediately after Jess had prayed for her, they got in the car and she started to get some very intense heat in her legs. They began to shake. They became excruciatingly painful. Um, and after a few minutes, it subsided and she could move her legs. So she got her husband to stop the car and was like, I think I can stand. So she gets out the car, can stand. I think I can run, runs across the car park, comes back. Um, she had not got out of her wheelchair for five years, five years. She'd not been able to drive. She'd not been able to do anything. So she drove home after that. She got home, it was her friend's baby shower that evening, so she drove to the friend's baby shower, surprised her friends, and was like, ta-da! They were obviously all completely stunned. Um, the pastor, the senior pastor of the church says, cancel everything, this is on a Saturday, cancel everything on the Sunday, and um, we want you just to come and share your testimony. So on the Sunday, at the three services, she shares her testimony. They see a huge breakout of healings in the church that they've been praying for for years and years and years. Um, they see people get saved, and now they're experiencing revival um, in that city because of that testimony. And the couple themselves have now had a ministry birthed out of the testimony. They've been invited to speak at different retreat centers about healing and about praying for breakthrough and about being faithful in believing God's promises. Um, so, I mean, literally absolutely insane and all because you know a normal person who was willing to step out even though she didn't really have a whole lot of faith um, and God came through and did the rest okay um, so we would just kind of love to take um, not a long time just to pray for people Okay, and what we want to do is we want to allow you guys to pray for each other because you all have Jesus in you. Um, you all have the resurrection power of Jesus. Um, and so what we'd just encourage you to do is maybe mum could play some piano. <laughs> um, and if you need healing today, um, I know it's a bit scary and vulnerable, but if you could stand up and if you haven't stood up, can you gather around the people who have stood up?